welcome to Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Blah! <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Count Creepy Heads Saturday Morning Monster Mesh. This is episode five. I am Mike, joined by another Mike and Professor Pickman. And we are here to talk to you guys about nerdy man child stuff. So I hope you're ready. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride this week because we have a lot to talk about. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Episode five, still alive. Oh, I, man, maybe that's what I'll call the episode. That's a good idea. <laughs> as soon as I heard episode, anytime I, I hear really anything with episode or any number five, it's automatic Johnny Five because I am a child of the eighties. I'm still where, pissed. We never got a proper toy of him. I know. You gotta. I wonder where the actual robot is it's got to be somewhere oh it has to be i'm guessing whoever did the effects has one of i'm sure there was dozens and dozens that they made of those puppets huh weird i would i would be heartbroken to know that one didn't exist you would think that like you know joe schmo effects guy like realizes he has it and he could just take it to conventions and retire nicely the rest of his life like yeah, um, especially with the way people do that with just like R two replicas. Yeah. Like the guy, there's a guy who has Christine. There's a guy who restored the uh, the goblin, the green goblin from Maximum Overdrive. And this, it's a nice side hustle to just have that. Uh, okay, so has anybody bought anything cool, Mike? Anything good? Uh, far too much. Uh, a lot of my pre-orders came in this past week, so I got uh, the Battle Armor Skeletor from Master of the Universe Origins, um, and uh, as well as my Lords of Power Merman. Both of them are awesome. I really like that Merman a lot. I mean, I like the original one. I have the original one, but I like this one way better. <laughs> like this, The design is so much cooler. Um, I ended up getting the uh, Mandarin Spawn, the new one. I grabbed that basically for free because it was uh, $10 on Amazon and I had the, uh, you know, the extra Bezos bucks or whatever the hell you want to call them. Um, so I was like, eh, it's free. Get Jeff to space stuff. dollars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, might as well. And it's surprisingly really nice. Like, I didn't realize how good the articulation on it was going to be. And how good the sculpt was going to be. The only complaint I would have with that is the lack of paint apps in comparison to the original Mandarin Spawn. But again, you know, we're how many years out where paint apps are, you know, very costly nowadays. Um, But it's it's a great figure. Would definitely recommend it. Uh, Even at the full price of 20 bucks. Like it's it's a $20 figure easily. So. But picked up some other random little stuff. Like, I got another uh, Fortnite minifigure because it was, like, $3. Um, I don't even remember which one. I think it was called The Architect. Where but are you getting these? Amazon. Usually warehouse deals. <laughs> oh. Busted I up I keep packages. thinking you're going to the store, and it's just like, oh, cheap Fortnite. Yeah. And 
picking them up, but you're not. Some I do. Know, some of the Fortnites I've grabbed in stores. Yeah, I do. I have very good luck finding them, uh, not only at a discounted price, but at a discount to that discounted price at Ross. Lucky, very, very lucky. See, now I've grabbed uh-huh. them at uh, at GameStop a couple of times because they'll they'll start off at like fourteen dollars at GameStop. And usually within a couple months of them getting them, they're on the the little clearance rack that they have. Yeah, I've grabbed at least four there of the uh, the single pack Fortnite figures for four ninety nine. So I was like five bucks for one. Of, yeah, OK, I, I'll, I'll, I'll spend that. <laughs> it's like a little weird cartoony G.I. Joe. Sure. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely uh, I definitely have more coming. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like a bunch of my stuff started to, to arrive all at once. Uh, it was supposed to be spaced out throughout the last like four months. But because I'm assuming, you know, COVID, everything got pushed around and it's all like, hey, surprise, we're here. But I think the best thing I got this week, and I know you guys can attest to this and I'm sure we'll talk about it. But both of the NECA Puppet Master packs. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure we'll get into it, but my God, great figures. They, they I, really, they're so well done. I have zero complaints. Mm-hmm. They are perfect figures. I was a little rough with my pinhead and I broke his fire poker. Um, but that should have been expected because it's super thin. I should have known better. But mm-hmm. otherwise, perfect toys. Like, I can't find anything wrong with them. I yeah, and like Josh was saying earlier, fiddling with them constantly. Let's just talk about them right now. <laughs> they're good God, they're all awesome. I think Torch is probably the best of the four. That's my favorite. He's got a flamethrower. <laughs> His <laughs> lot of details, jaws open and close. Uh not stiff, but not loose. Yep. And uh everybody's like they have all the accessories they need, not too much, not too little. Uh, tons of articulation for a figure that size. It's amazing. You don't feel like you're going to break them, you know? Yeah, even with Blade, like, I'm really impressed at how how sturdy Blade feels. Yes. Yeah, and he's so thin. Like, you would expect him to feel at least a little brittle, but not everything feels solid with him. Yeah, like I really, I really expected when I when I opened him up to be like, okay, I'm gonna find a pose that I like, and then I'll put him in that pose and never want to touch him again because he'll probably break. But no, <laughs> right. it's like the the polar opposite. It's like I keep fiddling with him and he still like feels durable and not like I've put any stress on him. And bravo, Neca, bravo. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I think, Mike, you said it uh, when we were all texting back and forth that when NECA gets it right, they really get it right. And this is yeah. a case of them really getting it right. I mean, yeah, I can. I I think Torch is my second favorite. I'm I'm partial to Blade because I just love how sort of thin and creepy he looks. Mm-hmm. And I know there has been some criticism about how thin Blade looks. See, you know, and I know I said this before when we were first talking about them, the reveals. I feel that the people who are complaining about it are not remembering part one. Because there's a yeah. very distinct scene in part one where we see Blade, like, in the uh, the the lobby of the hotel. 
and we see his little waistcoat like kind of cinched tight and he's a skinny little broomstick of a of a being like he's so tiny so i I know i know the puppet changed for subsequent sequels but yeah this is part one and i think part of the reason that it's getting that criticism uh is partially you know flawed memory but Mm -hmm. also partially that the stock or well not the stock photo but the photo that NECA used on the front of the packaging is distinctly later movie blade yeah it, it's yeah. not blade it's not puppet master one blade that they used on the packaging so that's you noticeable can, in his face yeah he's yep. got a uh, like a thicker jaw but it's yeah it's definitely puppet master one blade but also i think everybody has had the full moon toys blade in their mind for so long that now they pick this up and are like eh, something's different yeah that's a good point i didn't think of that yeah i didn't either because that is later puppet master blades that's like part four part five blade mm-hmm. if we want to get nerdy but just shut up and buy it it's it's a perfect blade figure it's you're so not gonna good. ever find other than maybe like the puppet replicas you're not gonna get anything better yeah. And I really didn't like I again, like partially because of my experience with NECA in the past, not that I dislike NECA, but their their quality control can be really hit and miss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I expected to get the blade and torch set and be happy. I got the blade and torch set and was just like, no. No, I love this. <laughs> I can't. I okay. I'm going back in the morning. Get Pinhead, and that's the thing. You really you gotta get Pinhead and, and Tunneler only because uh, if for nothing else, you get the the little bottle of Toulon solution. You yeah. know, it's like you kind of have to have that. <laughs> okay, you want to make a complaint? Toulon solution. Okay, that is a complaint I can have. That it's Reanimator Green. But in this, it's like a uh, pus yellow. Okay, I'll give you that. You know, <laughs> color wise, it isn't quite accurate. But all they had to do was do like a clear green plastic instead of yellow painted plastic. But again, big whoopee. You know, like I'm splitting hairs over something that it'll be displayed in the background. I am not yeah. going to be doing anything crazy with the Toulon formula because it's such a overall minor detail of the Puppet Master movies. You don't watch it and get all hung up on the formula that makes the puppets, which right. is just a, a recycled Charlie Band effect trick from Reanimator. You know, oh. you're watching it because you want puppets to kill people. And good God, yeah, these even Tuttler, who of the four is the least cool, is awesome. Yep. And he's got a ton of accessories. Um, maybe great he could articulation. Have come tons of great articulation. Maybe he could have had a bloody head. But really, I don't really care that much. He holds a pose where he's running forward with this head out. Mm-hmm. You can't complain. They're absolutely perfect toys. And like, Josh, I picked up Blade and Torch because the store clearly had four of them. Somebody bought one of the Blade Torch packs. And my pre-order had arrived at Big Bad Toy Store for Pinhead and Tunneler. So I was like, well, I can't cancel it. That's kind of a jerky thing to do, but I didn't make it out the store. I was like, I'll take my chances and try to cancel it and picked up Pinhead and Tunneler. Thankfully, 
big bad toy store, like you have a certain amount of times you could cancel something that's already arrived. Um, so I did that. And uh, I'm so glad I did because they're a ton of fun to play with. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And yeah, the scale's weird, but any smaller, they wouldn't work. And any bigger, they wouldn't work. They're perfect. Yeah, they and, really are. Yeah. It really makes me want to see NECA tackle some more, like, you know, three to four inch uh, figures. Because it's, they really surprised me with how well they, they did it. They were supposed to do um, three and three fourth inch uh, Saw Brothers, Saw Shaw Brothers stuff back in the day. They got me really excited, and it never happened. I don't know why, because um, that would have been really cool, and they never did it. Yeah, I think they definitely need to to do more in this scale. I'm excited for um, the two D Terrors inevitable puppet master stuff because i think those will look awesome oh hell yeah i love the two oh characters. yeah that's that's like even if i stopped buying any NECA thing <clears throat> like the uh the ultimates or anything if i stopped collecting those all together i would have to continue with the toonie terrors i have uh all of them except the bloody variants because i'm like eh, i'm not paying 14 bucks for you know the same figure just spattered with blood um yeah but I have all of the the regular, mainly thanks to Josh, because I couldn't find the last wave around here uh, due to COVID. And, and he hooked me up for my birthday. <laughs> so I was so oh. excited when I got those. But uh, but yeah, I, I love the Toonie Terror so much. That's awesome. Um, you know, yeah, I didn't buy the bloody variants. Like I only have one set of the Shining Twins with Same. the gunshots. I don't care which one they are. Um and I haven't bought Ghostface. Um, I have both uh, Ghostface and the Creeper, but they're uh, they're pretty fragile. Yeah. Um, so, but it's just a matter of me like having a couple extra bucks and finding them in stores. And I am super surprised that they haven't done Alien and Predator yet. I'm sure that's just a matter of time. I'm sure it's a matter of days with all these announcements that are coming out. Right. But that just seems like a layup for them instead of doing like bloody repaints of like ash and you know take your pick so i hope that's happening i'm also uh, really hoping for a mccready uh 2d terror since they have you know they have the thing license oh and, man i never thought of that well we only really have so far the one hero character we got ash and i mean i know we're getting quint from uh from jaws yeah uh, in the in the two-pack but i would love to get uh, a mccready figure you know, maybe posed like holding the uh, holding the flamethrower or even holding the uh, the lantern and the dynamite. But that would be fantastic. And the other one that I would absolutely love to see is a Loomis to go with my uh, Michael Myers. So if I yes. have if I have my way that I want those heroes. <laughs> well, let's hope they get to them uh, sooner than later. Um, Josh, what about you? Get anything cool? Well, I, I also got the Puppet Master figures, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, no no regrets whatsoever if that isn't uh, blatantly, painfully obvious already. But uh, I also grabbed uh, some of the new Masters of the Universe Masterverse figures. Uh, I actually have not mentioned this to you because I at first I was a little ashamed because I didn't know how I felt about it, but I got Skeletor. What's the verdict? 
I I kind of love him. Okay. He um he's not perfect. I'm still not crazy about the head sculpt. It's a little weird. Um, it's I'm sure it has everything to do with trying to be like the animation, but I think I agree with people like Pixel Dan who just mentioned the fact that like it would look better if it were only yellow. Yeah. Uh, the choice to make it kind of that weird bone color is definitely an odd choice. Uh, I don't hate it, but it's it's definitely taking some getting used to. Uh, the only other drawback I'm going to give to it is that it is a distinctly darker shade of blue than any other Skeletor that's on the market currently. Which means any part swapping, which is totally possible because the ports are all the same size as uh, Origins. Uh, any part swapping makes it look really odd. So you can't put, for example, the Rise of Evil Keldor head on the body and have essentially like a an almost classic style Keldor because the skin tone doesn't match at all. Mm-hmm. It's uh, He's got like a bright neon blue head as opposed to this dark blue-gray body. Would but you guys loved- have uh, believed me a year ago if I told you you could walk into a store and find at least five different Skeletor figures available at retail. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, actually, we'd, we'd have to flash forward to before before a year ago, because about a year ago was when they were like, we're doing Origins. Ah, yeah, that's true. Because you've got <sighs> Origins, which has, what, one, two, three... Three plus figures at retail. So you've got the two pack, the regular release, the battle armor, and there's the repaint of the regular release, which I don't know is out yet, where it has the yellow head. You've got Origin. Oh, yeah, the vintage style. Skelegod. You've got all of the stuff for uh, Mega Constructs. You've got Funko, which I could probably find four just going outside my house and driving three or four miles. To like Walmart and GameStop. That's ridiculous. See, I just and, thought you meant like on the street. Like, <laughs> hey, look, there's a there's a Funko Pop Skeletor just lying <laughs> on the side of the road because nobody cares. <laughs> They're everywhere. Hell, there's even even if you're a, a car collector, there's a Skeletor Hot Wheels toy. <laughs> there oh, absolutely God, is. That too. There's more Skeletors out there than there are Ninja Turtles. That's true. That's <laughs> nuts. At least and it's until doubly the next nuts cartoon. because there are four Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing that might have a one-up on Skeletor is like Optimus Prime. Yeah, yeah there's Bumblebee. a lot of Prime out there. And Bumblebee. I think but, Bumblebee has Prime beat. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're right. Maybe Megatron. I don't know. But... You can go to Target and find, like, five different Bumblebees. Anyway, uh, anything else, Josh, that you got? Uh, I also got the Masterverse Swamp Thing, uh, Moss Man, (laughs) uh, who is, he's not perfect, but he's a lot of fun. He does have, he does have some drawbacks. I think the design of the feet, well, it's a cool look overall, 
uh, isn't very practical. Uh, the way it branches out makes it really hard to balance him in certain poses, which kind of negates the fact that he's super poseable. Hello? Yeah, nope, no, yep. I'm just nodding in agreement because oh, you okay, hear that sorry. over a podcast. He needs sorry, I was kind of doing the same thing. I had also, I had also grabbed my uh, my iPad weird, so I was like, did I hit something? Uh, but yeah, he's, uh, he's not perfect. He's, uh, the, my copy doesn't have a terrible time holding up the vines. You just kind of have to find the right pose for it, Mm -hmm. uh, or the right position for the arm, but he can do it. I don't think he could do it long term, but he can do it, which that that's something considering the size and weight of it it is a very weighty piece it but looks I, I, like it's heavy but i freaking love the sculpt like it really it's you can see traces of beast man in there just because obviously as you know he is essentially just repainted beast, beast man. man at his core but is uh, there there's vines and plant on every piece there's nowhere they could share like share body oh yeah parts, no right? no like there's there's absolutely no shared body parts it's just that you can tell in the sculpt they took cues from the look of beast man particularly yeah, like in his head yeah. yeah so it's that's really cool to see that they gave him those specific design cues uh i really i really like him uh he's not perfect but he's a lot of fun and he's definitely a solid start. I don't think, I don't think personally speaking, I have a lot of interest in any of the human characters, really. Like, I, I don't hate the look of He-Man, but I don't feel the need for him. They uh, sculpt sa- so much. Same with Evelyn. Like, she. I really like a lot of aspects of Evelyn, but what am I going to do with a seven-inch seven Evelyn? At least with Skeletor, he can, you know, I can say he's a powered-up version of Skeletor and towering over He-Man. Yeah, it seems like there's a deluxe He-Man coming. There's, like, the rumors of something has been listed in retailers, computer systems, and... Uh, that and the, um, uh, if you... a deluxe Triclops. Yeah, and there's that faker that's coming out that has the angry He-Man face, which still doesn't look right to me. But um, I have a feeling that the show is going to change my mind on a lot of stuff. Um, but we'll see. I but don't the Skeletor think... is, I, I can vouch for, like, the Skeletor does feel like a nice $20 figure. I also really like the way they did the armor on him. How does the plastic feel? The plastic feels nice. I do have a few joints that are a little wobbly. Uh, they're not so much loose, but they do have kind of an almost wobble to them, almost like Mattel's just figuring out this pinless technology that Hasbro's using. Like uh, because it. because it is all that that pinless technology, so I think it's just that they're on a learning curve with it more than it is necessarily uh, going to be a consistent problem. And these don't come apart like Origins, right? Uh, they do with the wrists, and their heads pop off, and the heads are the same size joints as Origins. Okay. There are certain Origins heads, uh, Skeletor heads, specifically the uh, Rise of Evil Alcala Skeletor mm-hmm. with the uh, the jeweled eyes. That looks really nice on the 
Masterverse Skeletor body. I went shopping with my wife on Saturday night at Target, like, later. And uh, there's this poor guy who was shopping. He he went right for the toys. Like, I was walking around looking at clearance, and he picked up the Rise of Evil 2-pack. And then I kind of just followed him throughout the store as we were shopping out of the corner of my eye. And I could see that he was, like, buying all this other stuff to hide his He-Man purchasing. Because <laughs> you clearly tell he had to go home. And, you know... Hey, honey, I got, you know, dish detergent and I got some pizza and some Oreos. Oh, that's just he, man. Don't worry about that. Like, I, <laughs> I totally just I felt for him. Like, I wanted to just pat him on the back. Like, it's OK, man. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> See, I'm I am so. See, I would have I would have done that at some point with my ex. I'm positive. But uh, with with Ruth, it's it has never been an issue. Which is part of why we, you know, I'm sure we're still together. <laughs> I'm pretty lucky in that regard myself. <laughs> Whereas, like, if uh, if if I go out, it is almost a shock to be, if to come home without a toy. Which will be like, what you didn't you didn't buy any toys? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I usually get the question of, did you? What did you get for you? You know, because it's like I usually have something. My problem is, I'll buy like a whole wave of something. You know, so she sent me to go get drink mix, and then I have seven bags of a new Marvel Legends wave. <laughs> yeah, then it's like you can't hide it. <laughs> so... The only time that's happened with me is the uh, the Toonie Terrors. The first time I, I discovered the Toonie Terrors, I was like, I just bought all of them in one fell swoop, and um, it was that that whole the four first wave, and I come home with I went to Target for creamer. <laughs> It was like I came home with a bag of toys and creamer. <laughs> okay, well I see there. Up. Oh, Josh, go ahead. I I was just going to specifically say there there have been a few times, uh, just just in the past few days, where Ruth has very specifically asked if I needed use of the car for anything, uh, and the only reason that I've said no is because if I if she gives me the car, like if, if I take her to work and go out toy hunting with the car, I'm going to get the arc. <laughs> yeah. Like it's been, it's been asked, I think two or three times now, like, are you going to go out to toy dojo and get, and see if they still have the arc in stock? Which means I have the go-ahead to go buy the Ark. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to go buy the Ark. You know what somebody should invent? DoorDash, but for toys. Oh, God. You know, although it, it isn't extensive, um, there is a... I, I, God, I, I think it's still around. There's a service, uh, at least here in Austin, called Favor. Okay. And it does extend to certain toys that are relatively easy to find. Like back in the day when there was a Toys R Us very near to me, uh, it had a full, like a full listing of the common Lego sets that were available to be delivered to my door through favor. That's really cool. And it was also very dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Which, Um, 
it was worse than Amazon because it was same day. It was basically just like. You, what was your markup? It was like the the usual delivery fee you would mark up for food. So you would have like maybe a five dollar delivery fee plus tip, plus tax. That's that's dangerous. Yeah. So, Josh, I know you've been into these for years, but they just got clearance to Target. I picked up other than the Puppet Master stuff, junk bots um, <laughs> from who makes those. Uh, oh, the hex, um, people who make Hexbugs. Yeah, Hexbug. Yeah. It's like Hexbugs junk bots. And I'll do a little visual theater. They come in a dumpster. They're chained shut. So you you break this. It's like one of those, the fun isn't opening them. You break the chain off, and inside there's a bunch of garbage that you build into a robot. Um, so I got a two-pack for four fifty, and then I bought a single pack for two fifty. They're awesome. Um there's no especially at that price yeah there's no checklist so i went online looked at the checklist and i feel like i've got almost all the ones i want already so i don't know if i'm gonna be buying a ton more unless they get super cheap Um, there should there should be a checklist hiding somewhere in the garbage uh it's in the four pack which isn't clearance oh okay but the two pack comes with like a light feature with a little fiber optic tube so you can light your guy up um i'm a big fan of the robots that obviously look like people so you can make it's a hot water heater and it's a robot zombie thing um but there's some of them that are like an ostrich like a weird animal so i don't know if i want those i Um, see i have a weird love of those ones because they're so bizarre but i'm also thinking what if i had a big bucket of this stuff i could make anything i wanted um yep Yep. The only complaint about these is that the joints don't really stand that well. So you move them once or twice, they pop apart. Um, but they're also said, really easy to tighten up all the joints on, too. Yeah. Having said that, these have at least two more markdowns at Target. And I will probably not have self-control, and I'll buy a ton of them. I can see it now. They're Plus Junkyard cool. Diorama. Yeah. And it just have fun having dumpsters. I have toilets. I have bathtubs. I'll have dumpsters now that I can put tentacles in because why the hell not? And where uh, else can you get things for a junkyard diorama like a broken down washing machine and stove? Yeah. Right. A microwave, an engine block. Um, all the ones I got came with this weird bent pipe accessory that I think is just to get them to stand. Um, I, know what, the back I know exactly what one you mean. Uh yeah, they're awesome. And if you've got that itch that you need a toy and you're not Mike and you can just find Fortnite figures by like looking in any direction, <laughs> uh, get junk bots. They're cheap and they're cool. And I'm sure it's just a matter of time before all the ones that don't sell end up at like five below and they're a little more expensive. So get them. I highly recommend them. They're super cool. Um, also, if you have any other figures with uh cool light piping or anything like that the fiber optics can be used very well for those oh man i was look mine is green if you have a bane figure it's perfect for his venom tube so oh man i didn't even consider that i've been using the uh the red ones for transformers yeah i got a green one and if you've got like that mcfarlane bane build a figure you need like a dremel some glue in about 10 minutes and you're good to go it's super cool 
<clears throat> so mental note. <laughs> yeah. This week, uh, I have a very special sponsor in that my daughter paid me cold hard cash to promote her seashell bottle. She started last week, and uh, she's actually doing it this week. So here's a special, slightly violent word from my daughter, who is a huge, huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. She's moved on from Care Bears, and now she's all into Total Recall and Commando and uh, Predator, Terminator. I'm a great father, and I let a five-year-old watch these movies. So enjoy a word from my daughter, and we'll be right back. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, drive them before you, and buy Zoe's seashell bottles. Welcome back, and it's time for this week's news roundup. It started slow, and it is picked up immediately as companies start to reveal their San Diego Comic-Con news. I'll start with Funko because... As everybody knows, we aren't the biggest Funko fans, but they get us every time. Uh, they have showed off Shockwave and the Cobra Bat. No word if the Cobra Bat has the changeable hand feature, but he looks pretty cool. He's got the claw, and you can always wonder why the hell killer robots from Cobra have to have a shirt and pants and a gun holster. But, you know, <laughs> Dr. Mindbender works in mysterious ways. They also showed off for a... Um, the MCU figures, Wesley Snipes' Blade, as some sort of an exclusive coming up. Um, not sure where he's going to be, but if you're going to buy a Marvel MCU Funko Pop, Blade is the one to get. Also, if you're a Dungeons & Dragons fan, there is a Beholder coming out, which is like the big head with all the eyeballs on it. And it comes with a 20-sided dice. Um, now, I will jump to my notes. Oh, also, Mattel has revealed their plans for their new version of Maddie Collector, which is going to be called... Mattel Creations. Mattel Creations. They showed off an LJN-inspired Ultimate-style Sergeant Slaughter, not to be confused with the other G.I. Joe-style Sergeant Slaughter that's coming out later this year, but he is pretty cool. So Mattel Creations probably going to be the home for something Masters of the Universe related. We all have speculation. Uh, me and Josh think it's going to be a flocked Mossman, but it could be anything. Hopefully it's not too hard to get. Also announced today is that Playmates is re-releasing the Party Wagon, also known as a Turtle Van, uh, at Walmart. <clears throat> and all things considered... And it was announced... apparently up very briefly on Walmart. Yeah. Uh, their exclusives haven't been as hard to find as some other retailers, so you might get lucky and see it on the shelves. Not a bad price considering it's the uh, Turtle Van. It's going for $34.97, and it looks like they're reissuing the original Turtles for $12.97 each. Um, and with the law of scales, it's not that bad. And it's a pretty sweet toy. It holds up. So if that's your thing, that's coming back out. Diamond showed off their San Diego Comic-Con reveals, which is two special releases for Cobra Kai. So you've got Danny Russo, doesn't look like Danny Russo, um, <laughs> Billy Zabka, who kind of looks like Billy Zabka, and the evil teacher, uh, Reese. He's the only one that sort of looks spot on as far as likenesses go, and they're in special dojo packaging. Um, <clears throat> vintage Tron releases, 
of their Tron figures like the toys in clear plastic. Those look really cool, but again, Diamond Comics, San Diego Comic Con stuff can be kind of pricey and hard to find. So if that's your thing, be prepared to spend a little more. There is a Frodo Gollum 2-pack for the upcoming Lord of the Rings stuff, which I'm on the fence about because they sort of look like Lord of the Rings. The likenesses are a little loose, but, you know, Gollum, in my opinion, is the choice between Gollum and Smeagol, and it comes with a big pile of bones. There is the crow with his chair, his fancy chair from a lot of the artwork in the scene of the movie where he sits in the chair and crosses his hands. Unfortunately, that's the picture on the box. The figure can't do that. It's just the plain old crow figure with a plastic chair. But yeah. he doesn't have articulation to allow him to tent his fingers in like a Mr. Burns style pose. There is the Muppets Blessed Bunsen and Beaker, which I feel like Palisades did already. It's kind of a, a quick, easy go-to repaint, but that's coming out. McFarlane has shown off Witcher figures from the TV show. So there is a Geralt and a monster whose name I will mispronounce, but pictures are everywhere. Looks really cool. And Neca. while I am not a Witcher fan, I guess this is the appropriate time to say that you can throw a coin to McFarlane for your Witcher. Yes. Oh, Valley of Plenty. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it's not the worst show. I watched it. Um, I don't know if I'll watch season two. It's really thick with the narrative. So it's it's kind of a lot to swallow. Um, let's see here. NECA teased something new from Aliens. Big shocker. It sort of looks like the Panther alien from the Kenner's line, but uh, could be anything. It's NECA. It could be another big chap with like one more point of articulation. So who knows? Um, yeah, I mean... At this point, their their con aliens are like a crapshoot. It could be like they they for God's sake they did a Joker alien. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Which is one of my favorites. Um, it, anything glow in the dark. My, my point. My greater point is that it at this point it could be Marty McFly alien. Yeah. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I'd probably be all over. Yeah, yeah, Back to the Future Alien, uh, I could see that being a fun crossover. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Doc. You're telling me that I have an inner jaw and acid for blood? This is heavy. <laughs> Those uh, at select targets, I've seen them at two now, they are drastically clearancing the Marty McFly, Ultimate Marty McFly with the radioactivity suit, the Tales from Space Marty McFly. Um, I picked up one for like eight bucks, which for a NECA figure is ridiculous. And I saw it again today. So a rare, rare chance to get a cheap, very good Back to the Future Marty McFly if you want it. Go find it. Such, uh, such a weird choice. They have... <clears throat> oh god <clears throat> they have too many and I think that's the only reason why but yeah it's very odd everything else is still full price it's just those for whatever reason um, also announced is Hasbro's PulseCon stuff for Star Wars so there's a Black Series Dave Filoni as Wolf I think is his name 
I don't know. He's a an X-wing pilot. Looks really cool, and I think if anybody's earned the right to be a Star Wars character, it's Dave Filoni because he's kind of single-handedly saved Star Wars on his own. Um, yeah. There is the smaller style Black Series Palpatine in his chair, which, which I is am all about. Very, very, very cool. Um, I think the only thing that maybe would have made it cooler is Luke and Vader, but yeah. Everybody's got a hundred Luke's invaders, so it's not really necessary. Um, there is a Cantina Showdown three pack that I thought was the three and three quarter inch scale, but it's actually the six inch scale. And uh, you get Obi Wan, not were her the bartender and Pony. Uh, no, it's uh, it's Doctor Evasion. Yeah, I was gonna say sorry. Yeah. Um, sweet set. Kenner packaging comes the piece of the bar, which makes me think that there's going to be the rest of the bar at some point. The only takeaway that they could have changed is you can't cut Ponobaba's arm off, but I wouldn't throw it past Hasbro to re-release Ponobaba with removable arm feature oh, or the totally. cutoff arm effect because mm-hmm. they've done it in other figures at other times. Um, the uh, figures. pieces that it come comes with, uh, although the Power of the Force 2 one was a solid piece, they they actually are the same. It mimics the same bar setup that the old Power of the Force 2 one did. Yeah, and it's a very obscure Power of the Force thing to kind of mimic, but that's what Comic-Con's for. So um, I can only hope that they do like the Cantina Band. Next, where each guy comes with every instrument, so you have oh, to buy God, them be seven times, <laughs> and you have a big stack of, uh, you know, white mailboxes. Yeah, weird stuff like that. Um, there is a giant pumpkinhead statue coming out that looks amazing. Uh, we're all fans of pumpkinhead; he's a great creature design, but it's twelve hundred dollars plus. Uh, so if there's any statue collectors, and a lot of people are statue collectors, are just statue collectors. Yeah. Um, and they're like bankers and lawyers and millionaires. They're not. They're not blue collar people like us. <laughs> um, I have one statue in my collection, and I won it in a contest. So. Um. Yeah, I'd love to be a statue guy, but those are, whew. Yeah. Those are out of my range. I have uh, one statue in my collection, and it's the NECA Masters of the Universe Staction figures. <laughs> it's the uh, old Clawful statue. Okay, I have... Oh, that's such a cool one. I've got a few of those in my collection. I've got Beastman, Clawful, Hordak, uh, Tongue Lasher. I have a friend who has like the bigger style ones that came out that were really hard to get, and mm-hmm. the Castle Grayskull door backdrop. Oh, no. Nice. He's got. This is my friend He Man Rick that I talk about sometimes. His collection is crazy. Um, what else is coming out? Storm Collectibles showed off their kind of convention exclusives for the year. The only thing that's really notable is their Golden Axe stuff, which I always think is awesome. Right. I don't get into Storm Collectibles because they're so expensive, but the dwarf characters coming out, the big bad death dealer guy is coming out and they've repainted their skeletons again which is actually a pretty good deal for 60 bucks you get two skeletons and weapons yeah. um 
so if you want cool skeletons get them from storm collectibles they're pretty cool um super and if seven you don't like oh. if you don't like cool skeletons what is wrong with you yeah if you don't like cool <laughs> skeletons stop listening to our show you piece of garbage um super seven showed off their stay at homicon stuff which is they're not doing comic-con just order direct from them uh and thankfully there isn't any big stuff it's all reaction and like t-shirts uh they showed off some glow dark army of darkness stuff which is cool if you love glow dark figures captain supermarket which is just a regular ash and a special card um groon with two fangs from thundercats before he gets one of his tusks broken off and becomes bad groon the the big reveal was a reaction shogun warriors godzilla which i will spend a hundred dollars to get if i have to because i've got all the diecast shogun warriors but i don't have godzilla and i can only assume that rodan will be coming at some point too um and it, it looks really fun it looks awesome. It spits fire. It's got, I'm sure the hand comes off if you really want it to. Um, and they also have some repaints of their worst figures. So there is, uh, they have like a space power guy comes with a Jaguar. He can ride. Um, I'm trying to think who else they showed off. Although that, I'm pretty sure that's the first release of that Jaguar because they said the intention it or it sounds like the intention rather is to release four of them as the worst four horsemen. Yes. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to go to super Heaven seven right now. And I will tell you exactly. Kind of sort of stay at home. account news from super seven. There is a giant vinyl Mickey mouse, the Shogun warriors, Godzilla. Awesome. Godzilla t-shirt battle damage, power ranger stuff where the cards are torn up and charred, which is kind of cool if you like their uh, reaction Power Rangers. A, a new Megazord, Garoon. Here's what I was talking about. Savar, Cesarface, who is one of the designer figures that I've never been able to get my hands on. He always sells out really quick. So this is a Black Noir paint app of him where he's all black. Um, there is a uh, Ghost Papa Muertis figure. Repainted Adam Bomb in red, which I don't get why they did this because he's never been red. And they could have called him Blasted Billy if they wanted a variant, which is kind of weird. Uh, a red and glow in the dark Phantom Star Killer. Here we go. It is the worst four horsemen, Captain Dreadstar with War Jaguar. And he's got the really fun Star Wars legs go right inside the animal feature, which is cool. Yeah. Glowdark Pitwitch, Glowdark Deadite Scout, Captain Supermarket, a Ninja Turtles reaction carrying case with metallic Michelangelo. So that's all that's coming out. None of the ultimates will be as exclusives, which is kind of cool for your wallet if yeah. uh, that's something you're worried about, which I am because I was always I'm always worried that they're gonna do another glow in the dark turtle, thundercat, whatever is an exclusive, but they haven't this year, so that's cool. And <clears throat> to wrap things up, NECA has showed off the other half of the frogs for the Ninja Turtles animated stuff in Attila Frog and Napoleon Frog. 
who are essentially just repaints of the uh, other frogs that are coming out with different weapons. And we kind of touched upon it earlier. Mattel has a deluxe faker that's coming out, which is like a battle damage Terminator style faker where he's not blue and he's got tears in his flesh. I'm I'm probably going to be all over that. I don't know if it's worth the money for me to get it. I am not sure yet. I have to I have to check out more than just Skelegod before I would before I would say yes or no on that because I haven't even seen the other figures other than Skelegod, and um, I really like the Skelegod figure, but I don't know if I'm going to be dipping my toe in any further than just him. I think I think I'm probably all in for it. Well, I'm all in for at least like the monstrous fit. That should be kind of hulking. Like I know Spike Wars uh, coming out in Wave Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I kind of feel like Faker could be towering over the rest because he's big robotic he man. True. Uh, but I'm I'm not 100% sure. I'm probably going to be all over most of the villains, but the. You know, like I was saying earlier with the evil in the the issue I have with her is there is no reason for her to be towering over other characters. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't mind if if Spike or Clawful or Mesquite or hell, even Triclops are towering over because they have some aspect of fantasy villain to them. But then when you get into the more mystical characters like Evelyn, Sorceress, uh, or even Zodak, I don't feel like it would make sense for them to be hulking and towering over everyone. Agreed. Well, you really shouldn't complain until Orko comes out where he's nine inches. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, from what we've seen in the trailer, uh, post-apocalyptic Orko is kind of cool. <sighs> yeah, Is that Beastman? Or is that another guy? There, I, it's not clear yet. Yeah, yeah. Is it Red Beast or is it Beastman? You know, or like, are they doing what the 2000X did and they have other characters from the same species? We'll never know. All I know is if we don't at some point get a Roboto with Poncho, I'm going to be mighty disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, uh, I want Poncho Roboto. <laughs> Oh, okay. and I really hope that's just his name on package, Poncho Roboto. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it rolls him, off the tug. Give him a really like cool Pancho, fake mustache. Pancho Villa. Yeah. <laughs> All oh, right, God. we are going to have... Oh, sorry, I'm, Josh, go ahead. I'm so sure that somewhere, somewhere I have, like, an appropriately sized mustache and cowboy hat that I will then have to put on him. So he will just be Poncho Roboto. <laughs> Do it. We are going to have another word from this week's sponsor, Zoe's Seashell Bottles. We will be right back. If you guys are interested, they are going to be available on the Facebook group, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But sit back, relax, and enjoy a word from my demented five-year-old daughter. Get to the chopper! And fly on down to the flea market off of Route 17 where you can buy Zoe's seashell bottles. Or go to the Count Creepyhead Facebook page. 
buy one today and get a free shout out on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And we're back. Are you guys ready to have an inevitable discussion that hopefully doesn't take up hours? <laughs> sure. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. I know I did. I know Josh did. I know Mike did. As kids, we all made our own zombie action figures because there was a severe lack of zombie action figures up until a certain point. But in the 80s in particular, if you wanted zombies, if you wanted to play Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Return of the Living Dead, take your pick at any 80s zombie classic, zombie lake. Um, we had to make our own. Should I start with an anecdote, or you guys just want to jump right in, and we'll talk about how we made our zombies and how they tore our GI Joes apart? I'm interested in the anecdote. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm kind of curious as to what the anecdote is. <laughs> Gather around, it's anecdote time. So, in the '80s, it was very easy to get extra three and three quarter scale any action figure actually at garage sales. So. Mm-hmm. Some kids had new G.I. Joes. I was an old G.I. Joe kind of kid. So, yeah, we'd go to the store and get new ones. Like, if I had to have Heat Viper or whatever. But most of the time, I picked them up at neighborhood garage sales. Because why spend $5 on a G.I. Joe when you can spend a dollar? Or anything like that. Which means I had a nice, sizable collection of G.I. Joe, the core, um, a lot of cannon fodder. I was, I want to say, anywhere from 9 to 11 years old. And I got the notion in my head that, like, I really can't keep doing, like, regular-looking G.I. Joes as zombies. I need, these guys need to look like zombies. So I had my first attempt where I had uh, just a regular core terrorist-type guy. And I took some red testers model paint, who every kid had it, in a little glass jar. Yep. It always dried tacky. But if you ever had a model kit or you went anywhere, that's the model paint you could get. And I splashed some red blood on them, and it just wasn't doing it for me. So I've also kind of alluded to the fact that I had a little sketchy childhood, and I was a latchkey kid. So my parents were never really around to tell me, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. I got the brilliant idea that I am going to, Burn my G.I. Joes with fire. (laughs) (laughs) And extinguish the fire, and then they'll really look like they're messed up. Like, they will be dead. I'm not going to bury them in my backyard like um, the boy who could fly, like Fred Savage. But they'll be zombies. All right. Long story short, what happened was I dug a pit in my backyard. I had this patch in my backyard where no grass grew because we had a swimming pool that we tore down. So this big circular sand pit that we never bothered planting grass seed on i dug a hole i got a bunch of stakes and i took gi joes that were broken or i just thought would look cool as zombies or they were like cobbled together from different parts i tied them to stakes which were just you know tree branches and stuff that i cut stuck them into the pit i put a bunch of kindling newspaper and then i got my dad's starter fluid from the grill i doused this pit like i dumped a whole can of lighter fluid into this pit (laughs) then i took the what was the trying to think of the jet that i used 
it was the Cobra jet that was all black that had the little jet that sat on top of it. The Night Raven. I took the Night Raven. I had a beat up Night Raven that the cockpit, the bottom cockpit fallen off. Uh, the top plane was gone. The wheels were gone. So I always had problems playing with it because I felt like it depressurized because there's no bottom to it. But I was crazy, as this story is going to tell you. I doused that with lighter fluid, lit it on fire with a crazy, like I had a whole story around it. So I had a, a big play set up and it ended with a suicide bomber Cobra guy in this plane crashing into a pit of G.I. Joe's that are tied to stakes. So somehow I didn't catch fire. I had my brother and my friend were with me with the garden hose to spray me down if anything bad happened. I have a flaming plane. I crash it into a pit full of Joe's tied on stakes. <laughs> the whole thing goes up in this gigantic mushroom cloud of fire because there's way too much lighter fluid. And the toys were like old and dusty because I played with them outside too much. And everything catch fire, caught fire. And then it was like Lord of the Flies where the, the three of us were like, burn, burn. <laughs> and we let them sizzle and cook for a long time before we were like, okay, that's enough, that's enough. And we put them out. And then we got our hands on them. We had paper clips that we extended. So while they were all melty and goopy, we would like dig the paper clips in them and make like the wounds even worse. <laughs> so we have these melted mangled G.I. Joe's <laughs> and then we quickly covered them with red model paint somehow the fact that they were sizzling hot <laughs> cured the model paint and we had zombies basically and That's amazing as we were finishing my mom came home from work walked into the backyard and the first thing out of her mouth was like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh my god. She wasn't mad that we're playing with fire. She was mad that we set toys that she bought us as <laughs> gifts on fire. So she was like, I bought that for you at Ames or Toys R Us, wherever, and you just set it on fire, you little monsters. <laughs> uh, I was grounded for a week, but it was totally worth it because they got really cool zombies out of it um and then i kept going back stealing lighters and individually making zombies out of guys that i kind of regret doing in hindsight because they were cool but i just got it in their mind in my mind that like oh my god wouldn't it be cool if like a vat of chemicals <clears throat> fell on deep six and melted him and then he became a zombie <laughs> so i would melt like the really cool deep six with the diver helmet um mm -hmm. I melted wetsuit. I kind of regret that because I was always a fan of wetsuit. But they had this like look to them where chemicals fell on them. And I, I still have some of them, so I'll take pictures and put them up um, for the episode when it drops. But that was kind of just like a, a much longer, like I should have been in therapy kind of <laughs> thing. Well, into my teens where I just be like, I got nothing going on. Let's set some toys on fire. <laughs> and mangle them with like a paper clip, a pen, whatever, and then paint them with red bottle paint. Um, and then I got good to the point where I figured out like I could do them in the Savini gray. I could get Sculpey and give them like the sunken eyes. Um, but it was mostly just me setting things on fire and hailing <laughs> lots of plastic fumes to make zombies. So. 
There you uh, go. That's my I story. It, I mean, mine mine is not dissimilar. I was going to say, I got, I got some stories like that. <laughs> fans who are not adults, if I ever find out that you've done this, I will scold you. <laughs> Don't play with fire. Bad. Fire bad. See, see I had a sandbox. Um, which, among, among other things, at certain points got used as, you know, like a desert wasteland, uh, because, uh, at, you know, at the time I had no idea it was a very sort of Judge Dredd-like play pattern, <laughs> but, uh, there were certain points where I would use, like, the Terror Drome as the, the hub of a major city that was constructed above the old wasteland city. Mm-hmm. And people got ejected down the central pit oh. into the wasteland. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then the, you know, the because it was a sandbox, it was the perfect place to do things like, you know, take a culinary torch uh, and apply or a soldering iron and apply heat to a figure to melt it and get it charred and nasty looking uh, from being exposed to the elements of the wasteland. <laughs> so I would so I would like put concentrated flame on it until it started to bubble and like, almost exactly the same like I would have like a paper clip and carp certain points into it so it had almost sunken in eyes. And yeah. uh, and Oh man, the the soldering iron was great because you could melt sections out and uh, have it have it look like there was like a bone protruding from their arm. And then very much the same with the testers paint. Uh, I realized at a certain point that a certain amount of heat would sort of cure it to the figure, <laughs> uh, which I you know uh, applying applying flame to enamel paint kids is not a good way to cure paint to figure just use acrylic and a good sealer and good ventilation yeah or matte paint's fine right but, get yourself a nice matte paint it'll dry on its own but get a little just, little floor wax wow but at a certain point i don't know if it was i think it was at a certain point after Oh, you know, it's this is a perfect segue. I know exactly what point it was. So at a certain point, my sister and I had an LJN uh, rubber wrestling figure. And we decided that we needed to make some sort of mutant monster with it because it was a garage sale purchase. I think we maybe paid like a quarter for it. Mm -hmm. And we decided we were going to stick it in the microwave. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and we stuck it in the microwave for god i don't we we put the timer for some ridiculous amount of time and stopped it before the end but we were of course standing there watching it unknowingly inhaling these terrible fumes as the torso of this figure bubbled up into this mass of bubbles and as soon as we stop it the bubbles didn't pop they hardened 
and we and we painted over it so it was this giant deformed mutant zombie monster with like this bubbled melted chemical exposed torso <laughs> that had expanded to like twice the normal size of an LJN torso <laughs> And my parents, who were outside at the time, came in to be like, oh, my God, what's that smell? (laughs) And once they finished scolding us was about the point that my father was like, you know, I've got BB gun and a box of M80s. (laughs) (laughs) You really want to damage some G.I. Joes? (laughs) And we... Which which led to a different breed of zombie, which led to, like, the truly torso zombie G.I. Joes, <laughs> where we built a sandcastle and lined G.I. Joes around it and then packed it with M80s and blew it up. <laughs> Much to my mother's dismay. She just go, what are you doing? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You know, as long as you're standing far enough back, George, put safety glasses on the kids. You know what I want to do? I have an LJN Hulk Hogan in my garage. I want to go to an estate sale or garage sale and just buy like a $5 microwave just for the sole purpose of cooking LJN Hulk Hogan to see what happens. Oh, God. <laughs> it is it is such an interesting reaction. It It is absolutely worth that $5 if you choose to do oh, it. Man, I just make totally sure you have that. a ventilator mask on because it it's a it's a stench that lingers i'm just gonna do it like in my backyard i'll run an extension cord yeah and that is the best bet put it on a tree stump and then once it's done throw the microwave out because you can't cook food if it's going to taste like hulk hogan (laughs) you know i mean hot pockets are bad enough as it is can you imagine it's all it tastes like spray tan and steroids it's gonna Spray tan, steroid, sweat, and brother. Yeah. I'm sorry, that 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 has to be a quote on something. You can't cook food if it's gonna taste like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that's that's like that needs to be like a t shirt or something. Oh that's that's the name of the episode. That's it. That's what I'll do for it. You can't cook food if it's gonna taste like Hulk Hogan. I'm freaking yes. losing it over here. Holy crap. <laughs> Oh, see now, <laughs> I definitely but, have some. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, but we also we also uh, you know would stand GI Joes up and target them uh, from a distance with a CO two powered BB gun. Uh, <laughs> that that we were absolutely safe with. Like we we had the glasses. My dad absolutely. Uh, I will say one hundred percent to his credit. Uh, even with a BB gun, he 100% taught me gun safety with it because mm-hmm. he, he was totally just like, now I'm only going to hand this gun to you. If you what, make sure the safety's on before we go outside. Like, yes. Okay. Okay. Safety's on. Now you can check the CO2 cartridge, make sure that's installed correctly. You can, you know, check, make sure it's got BBs loaded into it. Once we're outside, you have your safety gear on. Then you can take the safety off and take aim. But did he have so, this conversation with your cats? <laughs> <laughs> he he absolutely did not because he, he was... Uh, I, I can't say whether or not he ever did it, but my dad was absolutely the type of person to be like, 
swear to God, if that neighbor dog keeps barking, I'm going to shoot it with a BB gun. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. Yeah, that's not good. What about you? Um, I I definitely have some burning toy uh, stories, but for as far as zombies go, I actually uh, got a little more into the the nitty gritty of it. Like, okay, so you were talking about the garage sale thing, and I have uh, very similar stories to that where I did get GI Joes on the regular. Like that was my main toy. Like I didn't have a lot of Transformers because my parents were like. You know, you have so many G.I. Joes like it, they didn't really want me to get into a whole nother toy line. So G.I. Joes, though, I could almost always get if like, you know, I had a good report card or, you know, I did all my chores that it's like, you know, we went to a store, I'd get a G.I. Joe. Um, so I didn't want to mess up the ones I had. But my grandmother and my mom used to go like yard sailing like every weekend, especially in the summertime. And both of them would look for any kind of like cheap G.I. Joe or core or any of that. And I can't tell you the amount of times they would come home with like a Ziploc bag of just like random scattered assorted like guns, G.I. Joes with like broken crotches and missing thumbs, like all the random busted up Joes that like the kids didn't want anymore. So they threw them all in a bag and was like, here, it's a buck. Um, So I would get those and I would get the I have the little uh like eyeglass screwdrivers, take mm-hmm. screw out, take the GI Joe apart, cobble together my own, you know, versions. And I started getting to a point where I had this big lunch pal of just pieces and I would slowly cobble together cool figures out of them. And anything that was left, like the broken thumbs, the broken crotches, the, the scraped paint parts, you know, the loose limbed GI Joes, I would piece together in just some weird amalgam and then I would go into the garage and get my dad's power drill. <laughs> and I would do stuff like drill through their face, like, and then take <laughs> hot glue and put like strings of goop and just slap acrylic red paint on it. Oh, um, I never thought of hot glue. Oh yeah. I had, I had the, oh, the drippy. That's actually what my first Tarman style figure was, is I, I took one that was mostly like, like dark black and purple GI Joe pieces and then I just slapped like a bunch of like muddy black paint on it, put um, hot glue all over him. And like, I mean, he didn't look like Tarman, but he was a melty black and brown monster. So yeah. I was like, you know what? This is my Tarman. Um, and then the, my this looking back on it, I know it looked cheesy, but in my like 10 year old mind, this looked amazing. I had a broken in half Duke. It was just like it was literally like version one Duke. But the rubber band snapped. I had taken white uh, pipe cleaners and crafted like a really crappy looking spine and like just shoved it up in the waist hole. (laughs) So he had like his spine hanging out and he was like a half zombie that would crawl around. Oh, but that's fun as hell. So I had a lot of stuff like that. Um, But I actually, I went one step further when I was like 14 and I wasn't really playing with uh, G.I. Joe's as much anymore. I took apart a bunch of figures and tried to make my own custom Mortal Kombat G.I. Joe's before the Mortal Kombat Joe's came out. Um, I I even went so far as to make the pit. Like I nailed a bunch of two by fours together and painted it and then like put a bunch of nails at the bottom and uh, had half G.I. Joe's like, you know, impaled on the nails. (laughs) My so, Goro sucked. I used uh, uh, Forearm from the Toy Biz X-Force line. Oh, man. And, yeah, that was, that. 
that was a fun. Well, he took a lot of sanding because I didn't have a Dremel at the time. So I, I like had to sand all the belts off and all that. It was it was a pain, but I, I eventually got there. Um, but yeah, as far as the lighting Joe's on fire, <laughs> the, the most messed up memory I have of that is uh, me and my friend Jeff growing up like his whole family had uh, a like a series of cottages in Shirkston. So throughout the summer, we would go up there like and I would get to go every couple of weekends and we'd stay for the whole weekend. So it was like all of his aunts and uncles. There was like a, a series of like six cottages in like this little lot. And they had this huge fire pit in the middle. So we would always play in the fire pit. And none of, none of the parents cared. They're, they're over there drinking on the porch. They're like, ah, they're in the fire pit. It's fine. You know? Well, we had taken a bunch of those crappy, like, pieced together G.I. Joes and core figures that we all gotten, you know, garage sales and whatnot. We had spent, like, the week making popsicle stick, like, huts. <laughs> and we basically had this story where there was like stranded Cobra soldiers on this island and they had become crazed cannibals. <laughs> so we had these G.I. Joes that like like washed up ashore and they were like ripping them apart and eating them. But the one that I, re- I vividly remember is Jeff goes, we have to tie him to stakes. So we did. We got the sticks. <laughs> And we had all these Joes, like, tie, like very, like, freaking cannibal Holocaust style. Like, these guys tied the stakes, and then we put lighter fluid on them. And we lit them on fire one by one. And the, it's vividly burned into my memory of watching Iceberg, that one G.I. Joe, <laughs> the, like, the snow guy, burning. And his face just, like, his jaw slowly dripped down and, like, connected to his thigh. <laughs> like, and we were just like, oh, that's so good, so gross looking. Oh, that's but, funny as shit. And then Oops, eventually, the iceberg. But eventually, we did. We didn't crash a plane into it. We did a bombing run where we just shot lighter fluid all over the huts and burned the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta say, if you're a GI Joe and your crotch or your thumbs are broken. Yep. I, I'm sorry if you're lost, but you got to get turned into a zombie. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, my favorite uh, zombie toy memory, though, as far as like G.I. Joe's would go, is there was this one Friday. It had to be I want to say it was like 89 because it was the 89 uh, season of G.I. Joe figures. And um, I remember coming home from school, my mom getting out of work and being like, all right, I got to go to Hills and a couple other places. So I went with her. And I found at uh, at Hills, I found Backblast, which is a cool figure. You know, he's got the little like three missile rocket launcher and uh, the version two deep six. So I was all excited because like those two figures were really cool. But I flipped over in the back of the package and I saw Night Viper and version two Stalker. And I was like, like a man obsessed. Like I needed Night Viper. Um, was so that mom, the Stalker that was in winter gear and he came with a canoe? Yeah, I love that figure. They're both awesome figures. Night Viper, though, is top 10. Night Viper is my number one favorite G.I. Joe of all time. Um, But it was funny because, like, my mom, like I said before, she was kind of, uh, she supported my figure habit. (laughs) So she saw how excited I was over these figures. And she's like, you know what? She goes, let's let's go to Child's World. So we, we drove out to Child's World. Uh, I didn't find Night Viper Stalker, but I found version two rock and roll with the two like mini 
like handheld Gatling guns that are just, you know, they could not exist in reality. Yeah. Um, so and and my mom actually liked him because she goes, oh, this this looked like my brother because <laughs> one of her brothers had like a big blonde beard. And so she was like, oh, we should get this guy. So I got him. And then as a last ditch effort, we went and looked at KB. Now, we usually didn't go to KB for Joe's because they were like a buck more there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went in and sure enough, they had Night Viper and Stalker. And I was like, I got to get Night Viper. Like, that's the one I've been looking for. And my mom was like, well, you should get this one because he even comes with a vehicle. Like, that's a really good value. So <laughs> she got me Stalker as well. So in one day, I got five G.I. Joes. And it was like right around October. It was it was like so it was my favorite season, autumn, all that. We come home, I have this handful of G.I. Joe's, and my dad mentions that Return of the Living Dead is on HBO that night. So the whole family is sitting around in the living room watching Return of the Living Dead. What an amazing I, day. Oh my god, it's, oh, wow. it's burned into my memory. We're sitting there, I'm like, I'm sitting on the couch with a TV tray in front of me, playing with my new figures, and I had set up Kleenex boxes to be like a warehouse that they were trapped in. And outside, I had my zombies trying to break in and get those figures. (laughs) And it's just like that play session is burned into my mind. And they're some of my favorite G.I. Joes to this day. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that that's truly awesome. You know, while it isn't doesn't quite fall into the zombie zombie area 100 percent. Uh, one of my one of my longtime figures that just like kept surviving different things and living on in different forms in different play patterns was New Adventure Skeletor. Mm, because that's a great at, figure. at some really point, um, one of his legs broke. Uh, it definitely wasn't on purpose at first, so I had constructed like a detachable makeshift leg from another figure that I could just like pop on over it but Mm. it kept falling off so at some point I purposefully took off his other leg and sort of burned the ends of his legs (laughs) (laughs) and then I uh, I took one of my uh, one of the bigger exo squad mechs and I like tied a bunch of wires around him and glued him into the mech and then sort of, like, melted his arms into the arm controls, and he just became, like, big cyber Skeletor. That's awesome. That's really cool. And and that Exosquad, like, I know, it, we'll have to talk about that another time, but that's a great toy line. Oh, man, it really was. You know, the only complaint about Exosquad is that G.I. Joes were just slightly too big. Yeah. To yep. fit into those mechs, because those were, like you wanted a power loader for your G.I. Joes, and they really, they kind of did them later on the tail end of G.I. Joe, but Exo Squad was where it was at, but the figures were three inches and not three and three quarter. Um, yeah. And everybody had at least one, you know? If they had just upped the size slightly. I know. It's a shame. Okay. So, that is probably part one of many, many stories of us being cruel to our G.I. Joes. But uh, now we're going to have another word from our sponsor this week, Zoe Seashell Bottles. Buy them or she'll put a curse on you. Yeah. 
I like the way that rolls off the top. That was very mumbly. Anyways, uh, a commercial for my daughter about her seashell bottles. And then we're going to keep the ball rolling. We'll be right back. I hope you have enough room for my seashell bottles. Because I'm going to ram them into your stomach. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. <clears throat> oh, we're that's on, such, a, such a funny story, though. We're on week number three for the prizes. I have two categories. I'll let you guys pick where I go next. I have an actual toy or I have a book. What should I reveal? Um, well, you know what? We did the, uh, we did the VHS last week. So we go with the book and lead up to the toy since, you know, toy podcast. Okay. This week we have a brand spanking new copy of Make Your Own Damn Movie from Lloyd Kaufman. His book about gorilla filmmaking and trauma. So I happen to have an extra copy and now it's part of the prize pack and it kind of plays into the toys a little bit, but you know, trauma and toxic crusaders so that Plus, is uncle the prize lloyd. this week yeah uncle lloyd he is a toy you can't he's go a, wrong he's a crazy kooky character um but i happened to get really lucky and i found a kick-ass garage sale this week that had that on a shelf of stuff with uh that a few other stuff that'll be kind of be revealed as I give out more giveaways and a huge collection of Corey Feldman merchandise. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, that was a little too expensive for Corey Feldman merchandise. There was like a giant cutout. There was like dream a little dream memorabilia and like all this weird, like I'm a huge Corey Feldman fan because you kind of like to laugh at that train wreck that is Corey Feldman. But I was like, I'm not spending $50 on this 12-inch Corey Feldman cutout. <laughs> cool, but this is a garage sale. You're crazy. But anyways. <laughs> <clears throat> Are you guys ready to talk to Mangor? Oh, always. He has missed you guys. Josh, it's your turn this week. You want to do it? I I think I've got a good pick. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hey, Josh, what's up, man? How's it going? Someone's a party in here. What's going on? Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize you were having a party. I don't want to interrupt. All my friends are here. There's Bruce Myers. Oh, look over there! It's another dolphin. Hey, baby. What's going on? You got a wish? I do. What's your wish? I think it's appropriate that you're having a party because, uh, as you know, there have been many different toy lines. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Bruce, Bruce, baby, where'd you get all that syrup? Whoa, 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 where are the waffles? Oh, oh, you'll tell my wife. Oh, oh. Okay, come on. As you know, there have been many, many toy lines for the Pee Wee Herman show. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there has never been... I hardly knew her. ...a large Marge figure. Oh. Okay. I was going to make fun of you, but that's an excellent choice. Did you know Marge Marge is at the party right now? Is she? (laughs) 
Hmm. Do you guys know what gender Leather Dolphin is? I want to yeah. ask, but I'm afraid I might get bit. Uh, the answer is is actually just yes. I mean, a blowhole's a blowhole, am I right? You're <laughs> not wrong. So we have this. It's it's like SeaWorld on acid right now, and there's this manatee that we call Large Marge. And I'm not gonna lie, I, I'm gonna hit that later. Oh. So you've never large, hit a uh, pangolin. Oh. Let me tell you. Well, we got jugglers here, and let me tell you, they're doing more than just catching balls, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh. Okay, large march. I'll put it in my computer phone, and I'll send a message to Santa Claus. Maybe it'll happen, okay? I, I think that's an acceptable answer. Okay, the bubbles and the glow sticks have come out. I've got to go. Oh, it, no, it's that... Bubbles the object or bubbles the person? Bubbles the chin. Oh yeah, you have to go. He, he had he had to go somewhere after MJ died, and he's with me in my box. Party. The cypress is horrible, baby. Okay, I gotta go. Okay, you go. I'll see you later. Bye, Maglor. Bye. Woo! Wow, that Maglor, he's crazy. I am so glad I muted for that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I had a, oh man. When when you got to the waffles, I fucking lost it. <laughs> um you know, large marge, but more to the point, Pee-wee with the bike. I always you know, thought that would be like a home run for McFarland when Movie Maniacs was like firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Pee-wee with the bike. I would have, or, or even you know, Super Seven. It wouldn't be difficult for them to do like Reaction Peewee with a bike as like a boxed set, and Large Marge with and without the face. Yeah, oh, they yeah. could even um, do the the faces just like a clip on. Yeah, just maybe large I'm gonna have man. to make that figure with the face as a clip on. I was gonna say, I was like, dude, 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 don't give it away. You do do it. Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, like, can you imagine going to Comic Con and they have like. The cardboard cutout large Marge mask you could oh, wear, be fun. and then the so enamel pin of her tombstone that they always have at the bar. That's like the viral meme now. Every time yep. it's the anniversary of her death, I don't know. I would love large Marge. I would love anything Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Francis Pee Wee, the clown. Oh God, it. those surgeon clowns! No, the As, clown that he changes his bike to. That's like an actual thing clown. in California. Yeah. Oh, yeah, say, yeah. That could double as a Night of the Comet piece. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, wasn't it the like... same clown that was in Killer Clowns, too? No, no. It was, uh, cause, no, that's right. Because no, that was okay. an ape in Killer Clowns. Okay. Um, yeah, that's right. Sorry. But yeah, it no, was an no, actual no. Killer Clown that did that. Yeah. <laughs> in Night of the Comet, it was, uh, it was the same Pee Wee Clown. Oh, man. That was um, I, I hate to do this, but can we pause for like 30 seconds? Yeah, I'm going <clears> to <throat> take my headphone off and check and see what's going on with the uh, inspector. So I'll see you guys in like two minutes. Okay, yes. sounds good. Be right back. Playing with toys right now. Playing with toys right now. Playing with toys. You know, considering I am here. 
by my lonesome. I feel that it's time to talk about the futility of lonesomeness with toys. Toys are simply an extension of your desire for friendship as you sit and say to yourself, I wish I had someone I could talk to or play with right now. Oh, look, it is my good friend, Optimus Prime. Perhaps he should go on an adventure with me. Perhaps he should ride my cat. Perhaps I should ride my cat. No, that's a terrible idea. I shouldn't ride my cat. However, I should ride Optimus Prime. However, that will also be an extreme disappointment because then you will see that just like all of your hopes and dreams for friendship with a toy, Optimus Prime has been shattered by your weight, almost as if your expectations are the same, but only shattered by the weight of the universe instead of the weight of your own voluptuous bottom. I'm glad I stayed muted. I <laughs> say I came back during the middle of that and was like, wait, what? I, I, just, I saw it was still recording, so I decided to just ramble. <laughs> I was say, I know Don and uh, Maurice had done that a few times, like when uh, when they'd be on the podcast, and I'm like, okay, I got to pause, I got to run to the bathroom, and uh, I'd come back, and they had recorded something. What <laughs> so, did I miss? Did you guys put something funny on? <laughs> I left you a little treat. All right, great. <laughs> um, yeah, totally missed the exterminator, unfortunately, and my daughter has a cold. So, oh no. Um, oh, she's well. She's been trapped in the house for a year and a half. Yeah, and now she's at summer camp around kids again oh and all just yeah gonna, it's like the bubonic plague they're all gonna get each other sick so yep. she needs this like for her immune system um okay we are gonna talk about a legendary toy line now they're all legendary but um we're big fans of it and a lot of people are and that is toy biz's resident evil line that came out do you guys want to talk about the whole line, or just the first series that came out? I'm uh, with whatever you guys wanted. You know, it it was a pretty. It did get to be a pretty wide-reaching line. Let's but I'm not do, sure I discovered it at the first series. Let's do the whole line because a lot of people discovered them when they popped up at KB's. For yeah, that's three for ten and two for five. Um, and a lot of these yep. figures were just repaints with new heads but cool in that most of these figures were two packs where you got a hero and a monster the bigger figures were just on their own but so awesome that they were special but you have series one which i will look up as we talk do you guys have any memories of them when you first found them oh yeah yeah uh, for me i was actually working at media play and uh, I was doing at this point, I, I was kind of like a jack of all trades there. They put me in any department that they needed me. Um, but I was doing stock. We had we had just unloaded the truck. And one of the things I got to stock was the hard lines department, which was, you know, all the video games, T-shirts and random toys and puzzles and whatnot. And we got a 
box from Toy Biz. And I'm like, ooh, what's this? And I opened it up, and there were the Resident Evil figures. And I wanted all of them, but could not afford them at that time. And then they sold out by the time I got paid again. I know um, when they came out, the one that I ended up buying was the Hunter. Because he had the most articulation. And I just thought that was cool. My only complaint about the figure, and I still have it, is that he has this weird chunk of brain permanently glued into one of his hands. Yeah. Um, I just broke it off. But then I was always a little upset that he had this, like, part of his hand that didn't have any paint on it. But he was a great kind of catch-all monster for your G.I. Joes. And Mm. he, he came with a little mini chimera. Yes. Creature, like, half spider half toddler thing that could like launch its head yeah and i remember (laughs) it not working that well but it was still such a cool looking figure i need to add that i still have most of the monsters in my collection um with the exception of the tyrant who i have replaced with the palisades tyrant which is another discussion another line into itself but oh man the heroes you had Chris came with the Cerebus, the zombie Doberman, which is a great figure that blows apart. Um, Chris had a weird, like, quick-fire action feature, and he came with a shotgun and a grenade launcher. He was also just really cool-looking. Jill Valentine with her odd beret, and she came with a giant spider. I was never a fan of this figure because I hate the look of Jill with her just bizarre beret and shoulder pads. It was not a great figure. No. Um, A zombie two-pack. This was probably, I think, the best one in the line. You had a zombie forest figure and um, just the regular standard zombie. So the zombie forest could rise from the grave. He... uh, He's like this long-haired uh, Stars Commando with no sleeves. And then the Lab Zombie, who's like the first zombie you see in the game. Uh, it was as a such figure. a great toy. So yeah. awesome. And, um, and fun side note, for a long, long time, I thought that the figure of Forest Zombie was a zombie you would encounter in the forest. <laughs> no, his name is because I, Bear. Yeah, because for a long time, I never knew the character's name. He's one of the few Resident Evil characters that never really gets a lot of attention. Um, but he's the one that gets picked apart by the crows in the yep. game. He's pretty cool. And, of course, I would be amiss if we didn't mention the Tyrant, who is a just big jumbo-sized figure on his own with blood-pumping action in the exposed heart on his chest. Because it wouldn't be a Resident Evil game without some sort of exposed organ that you shoot to <laughs> kill the monster. Um, that was followed quickly by series two, which had Leon and Jill from, it was all part two themed. Um, Jill Valentine came with the zombie cop, which is the second best zombie in the line because he has exposed guts that when you press in, he explodes, he's holding a donut. And if you take his hat off, his brain falls out. So he's really, really cool. Uh, that hat brain was one of the best done things, like the way uh, the brain was just inside the hat. Yep. Yeah. Great figure. Um, not Jill Valentine. Clara Redfield. So sorry. 
amazing also, sculpting on them too. Yeah, Clara looks a lot better uh, compared to Jill. I also believe that you're. Uh, I'm a big fan of him, and you're a friend of him. Um, Phil Ramirez sculpted some of these guys. Is that right, Josh? Do you know? Um, I know he did the. I know he did the. Um, one of the William Bur- the William Birkin that had the big uh, movable eyeball shoulder. Okay, who we'll get to, who arguably might be the best of all the Resident Evil figures, but there's I also definitely Leon- wouldn't, definitely wouldn't call him a friend, but uh, we we follow each other on social media, and I'm I'm a huge fan, and he seems to be uh, enjoying my work, so okay, uh, that's I'll I'll take that as a huge plus. There's because, a mutual uh, respect. Because I definitely fanboy out anytime I get that little like ping of Phil Ramirez likes your photo. Um, we have uh, Leon Kennedy, who is the biggest stinker in the line, in my opinion. He comes to the liquor, which is really cool, but he's got this like permanently, he's got drop a deuce going on. Like his action feature makes his legs splay out. Man, why is Leon disappointing in like every toy line? Right. Yeah, and he looks like he's clearly modeled after uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, which is bizarre to me. He's got this weird, like, a haircut that a 10-year-old would have. Mm-hmm. Like this Eddie Furlong hair that they love in Japan, apparently, because he's always got it. Um, You buy him for the liquor, but the toy itself is garbage. And yeah, he never gets a fair shake. Like, he's really bad in the Palisades line, too. But the uh, the liquor action feature was super fun. Oh, yeah. It can totally, like, thrash its tongue around. Uh, the big deluxe figure for this one is G4 William Birkin. So this is when he's covered in bulging parasites. And you can turn him into walking William Birkin or on all fours with his giant expended spiky jaw. Uh, I love that. I still have that figure. And I, I yeah. have... Uh, I have both of the Birkin figures they did in that line, and they're both just amazing. I agree. I'm a bigger fan of the second William Birkin because, to me, that's the iconic look for him, but he, in the game he changes like four times. Oh, yeah. Um, series 3, also widely available in these clearance bins. You have Ada Wong, who is actually like a standard action figure with no action features. Um and she looks really cool. And she comes with the Ivy plant monster who had an action feature. If you mess with a knob in his back, his mouth opens up. Um, I'm a big fan of this toy and he's in my collection. Uh, great action feature and the weird soft plastic that they used for his mouth still holds up, hasn't rotted or anything. So it's a cool toy. If you and need a although plant this monster. is going off on a slightly different direction, I will say that, even though I missed the wacky design of the Ivy monster, I really liked what they did with them in the, uh, in the remakes. I yeah. Agree. Super cool. Um, there was a tyrant Mr. X two pack. So the main protagonist other than William Birkin in Resident Evil two is Mr. X who kind of stalks you around and it wouldn't be a Resident Evil game if he didn't transform as the game goes on. So he can go from, 
mysterious bald guy in a trench coat to giant hulking monster with huge claws. Uh, so you take the coat off and then dress him up as Mr. X or uh, the tyrant version two, which is really cool. Um, and the rubber from that was really sturdy too. Yeah. Toyba's got this, definitely got it right. Uh, there is a hunk with repainted lab zombie. So instead of a lab coat, he has a flannel shirt and he has a new head and honk is just a cool mysterious dude with a shotgun. So I always played with this one, probably the most of all the resident evil characters uh, I when think, I did play with them. I think I did. I think I played with uh, the, the Mr. X the most because I slowly had, uh, I essentially, I didn't have the uh, the other version of Birkin for a long time. It wasn't until I was an adult collector and I was like, man, I really want that Birkin. I, I got to go back and purchase that. Uh, so I would use Mr. X transforming into the tyrant and then he would transform into the bigger version of walking Birkin. And then he would transform into the hulking on all fours Birkin. Yeah. But, uh, but I do have to mention that going back to that tyrant figure, I want to go on record as saying I feel like that is one of the best soft goods jackets that has been produced in any vintage toy line. Absolutely. 100% like, totally agree. Toy, toy Biz nailed that soft goods jacket. And the belt comes on and off, but it's not too restrictive Yeah, where it's hard to do. Um, I don't think I still you, have my belt, but I still have the coat. I prefer Mr. X to Tyrant. I kind of just like that he's just a big golem in a trench coat. I always thought that was super cool. I hate the character in the game because I like to stop and explore, and you never get to do that in Resident <laughs> Evil because he stalks you everywhere. <laughs> yep. Um, Although it is slightly easier in the remake because you can essentially track where he is at points. Right, yeah. it's it's not scripted encounters like in in the original where, you know, if if you're gonna go down this hall, you are going to encounter Mister X, you know. But yeah, in the sequel or in the remake, it's it's a lot easier to just be like, kind of deke him out, go up to the third floor, go back around, and then go do what you're doing. <laughs> um, I've made no secret that I am not the best at video games, and something I've always enjoyed about most Resident Evil games is the new Plus game where you kind of go back with bigger and better weapons and then really get to enjoy the game. Yet don't get to do that in Resident Evil 2, the remake. Um, <laughs> which is fine because it makes the game challenging and scary, but I've always been a fan of kind of coming back around with giant weapons and just mowing everything down. Uh, the oh. final figure is Big Eyeball on his shoulder, version 2 William Birkin, with Sherry, who is the little girl who teams up with... Uh, Claire. Claire. Thank you, Mike. You're the <laughs> I Resident love Evil this figure so much. <laughs> They're both awesome figures, but you can move the eyeball on William Burke and it's squishy. He's a great, great monster figure that at the time you could get for like $3.33 or whatever it worked out to be when they are on clearance at um, KB Toys. So great toy. It looks good even now. Like it holds up after 25 years. See, now, 
this whole line I feel like I missed out on um, because, like I said, when I first saw them, I wanted them and then I didn't I didn't have the cash to be able to afford to buy them. Um, And then by the time they were clearance and in KB, it was one of the many times where I'm like, no, I'm done collecting like, you know, I'm if I if I buy anything, it's going to be a video game or comics. I'm not buying any more toys. And then eventually I would kind of slide back into the habit again. Um, but I missed out on so many of these figures. I had the tyrant and the final form Birkin, you know, where he could, you know, you could transform him to the all fours Birkin. I had those two figures and I eventually was given a, um, Chris Redfield figure by one of my friends. Cause he was like, ah, you know, here, I thought you would like this. So he didn't have any of his accessories or anything, but th- those are the only ones I ever actually owned. Um, I had some of the, the Palisade stuff, but the, the toy bit stuff, I, I never really had the experience of playing with. And, and I still regret it looking at these figures cause they looked so freaking cool. You know, if you're going to get anything, get the zombies. I, think I want, those... I want that cop zombie. I'm looking at him now and I'm like, man, I, I really wish yeah. I had gotten that. He kind of had the problem that the, uh, crash test dummy figures had in that, you play with him too much, he won't stay. He can pop in half, mm-hmm. and the spring and latch mechanism would get worn out, and it wouldn't work anymore. Um, but having said that, you're not going to be playing with it that much. It just poses really cool. The two two pack zombies are just fun catch all zombies. Yeah, and the the forest figure. <clears throat> excuse me. Without the, uh, make sure if you get him. Uh, and get him loose, get him with his stand. Yes. Because he can't actually stand without his stand. He has this little action feature where uh, he comes with a section of ground with a little lever that you attach him to, and he rises up from the dead and his arms spring up. (laughs) Yeah, and the arms are always sprung forward, which makes his balance weird, and he won't stand. So if you have the stand, put him on it. I lost mine, so he's always leaning up against somebody. But yeah. he is a great figure. See, now with the video games, I was obsessive. <laughs> so, like, uh, I even played uh, freaking uh, the PlayStation 1 Survivor. The basic, it was supposed to be a Ooh. light gun game, and they dropped that. <laughs> so it was just a use your, your control pad to aim all over the screen. Um, and, it, oh, God, it was bad. But, yeah, I, I even played all of those. Like, the Survivor Dead Aim. Um, the on-rail shooters for Wii, like, yeah. I've played those. I've never played the Game Boy one. Oh, Barry, Bur- Barry Burton on a cruise ship? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never played that. But I'm a big fan of the Revelation games. Those the are really they good. Made. Those were good. Because uh, of the three kind of styles of Resident Evil, if you're not counting the Game Boy games, you've got the fixed camera for one, two, and three. But then they do the third person for part four and part five and part six. I'm a fan of those. Yeah. Um, did I get that wrong for third person? Probably. No, no, those are the third, the yeah. third person ones. Um, part six is not a good game, but mm-hmm. I bought it and played it. Um, Wait, I, and I, I haven't. I'm sorry. Real quick comment on part six. Part six is if Michael Bay was going to make a video game and he had only ever played Dragon's Lair. Because it's literally like all quick time events 
and everything is exploding constantly. Like the game opens with like a helicopter crashing into a train that crashes into a subway that crashes into a building. Like, it's just like, what the hell? Yeah, I didn't like the three story branches. I didn't like Wesker's son. I was confused by everything. I started with Leon. I didn't know what was going on. You know, it's like, no, thanks. I didn't even beat it. I gave up on it. Um, I, I like, you know, they're trying something new, but it didn't work. And then you've got the first person games, Ugh. which are these next two that everybody is ranting and raving at how great Village is. So I'm sure it's just a matter of time before I play. I, I will I, get there. I, I freaking loved Village. I I think I, I may have mentioned this on a previous episode, um, but I was very disappointed because I, I finally got around to playing Part 7. It took me forever. I grabbed it on uh, on Steam for like 10 bucks and played through it. Absolutely loved it. It was terrifying. And I will say that uh, I'm that I was tense the entire game, which was a little exhausting because uh, with most Resident Evil games, like there are moments of tenseness, like in, in the remakes of Resident Evil 2 and 3, when you're being chased by Mr. X or by the nemesis, it's like, you know, you tense up. But the rest of the time, you're fine. In part seven, I was tense from the moment the game opened until I beat it. Um, so <laughs> I had to play it in small chunks. I bought part eight, and even though my computer meets the minimum system requirements, there's some kind of error that it's not working. And I was reading a lot of troubleshooting on it, and I, I won't get into all the details, but basically they're saying, like, yeah, even if you meet the minimum system requirements, you still could have this problem. Like, you need a computer that's a little bit better. So I own it. But when I upgrade my computer later this summer, I'll finally play it. <laughs> Have you guys played Evil Within? Yes. I played the Are first, you... not the second. Don't, same. don't waste your time with the second. But I, because it's the same team from Resident Evil, I consider it a Resident Evil game. And of all of it, I love it. I'm a huge fan. Uh, also in the same vein, so for having video game talk. Highly recommend the first one. The second one, they try to do like an open world, but they don't put any effort into it. So you have a world map you're going to explore instead of the preset environments that Resident Evil 4 and 5 would have. So you're, you know, you're fighting a bunch of crazed villagers in a confined space and you beat it. You move on to the next confined area. This one has Mm -hmm. a big hub map that you're moving around, but they don't put any details to make it worth exploring. If that makes any sense. So you're exploring gotcha. an, an abandoned town. All the <laughs> doors are locked. So you can't go inside any of the buildings. Yeah. And, you know, there's posters up and it's the same three images that are recycled. And, you know, you're in an abandoned hotel fighting monsters. There's no point in veering off the track anywhere. There's no no collectibles, nothing. They let you do that, but there's nothing there. So after 10 minutes of it, you just get really disappointed that they have this huge open world. And there's nothing in it. That yeah. sounds really disappointing. That's uh, I'm actually replaying through. I don't have either of you guys played Dead Island before. No, yeah. I've heard about it. I uh, I'm replaying through it with with one of my friends because uh, she had, she had never played it, and you know it was like it was on sale for ten bucks for the two of them, and I'm like, you know what, you've never played this here, and I and I, I bought it for her on Steam. 
So we're we're playing through, and one of the things that irritates me to no end, I absolutely love both Dead Island and Riptide, but all of this section of the resort in the in the in the first chunk of the first game, there's like these huge uh, sections of like beach houses and like bungalows oh, and all that. It's and nothing. It's like, right. It looks like there's like, oh my god, there's all this stuff to explore. But there's absolutely nothing there. There's like you kill some zombies, but there's no real quest hubs or like any treasure or goodies to find. It's like, oh look, I found a broken broom handle and like seven zombies. Like, why is that even there? You know, I hate that. Yeah, you gotta put the effort in. To make right. it worth going off the beaten track. Another game that had that problem was Last of Us. Which Yeah, I love them games, but yeah, <clears throat> some of the exp- exploration, it's like, oh, what's over here? Oh, nothing. <laughs> yeah, like, why have this then? Why let me go over there if there's nothing for me to look at? So, See, at least in The Last of Us, nine times out of ten, when it feels like there's nothing, there's a hidden file somewhere. That's just world building. I found that more in part two than part one, though. Yeah, definitely more in part two. I'm um, a maniac in that if you give me a game with side quests, I will do every single side quest before I do the main game. (laughs) Yep. So if if there's a map (laughs) with check marks that I have to complete... I obsessive compulsively have to do every single thing before I move on with the main game. So if I'm playing a game like last of us, I want you to like get to this next spot to continue the story for whatever reason, I have to explore every square inch of the map just in case there's a collectible. Yep. See, because I'm crazy. That is why it it took me over 160 hours to finish fallout (laughs) three. I did that with all of the Arkham games. <laughs> oh, man. I want to play Arkham again. I don't like the third one, but the first two are great. Anyways. I, I really enjoyed all of them, but... I uh, could not wrap my head around the controls for the Batmobile. Like, it took me forever to get the remote control Batarang. Oh, and I man, finally I got it. And once batarang. I got that, I was like, oh, man, I unlocked most of the collectibles and I had a, a great time. But the fact that a lot of the Riddler trophies were uh, Batmobile dependent, I'm just not good at racing games. I'd yeah, always, come, I, you know, I'd be like a second off, and I just got sick of it. See, I wasn't gonna do the Riddler trophies until I found out that once you get all the Riddler trophies, you get to fight the Riddler in a giant Riddler mech. Yeah, and I watched then, the video. And I was then I was happy. instantly like, you know what? No. I want to kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So well, I, I did it. I did every every damn thing in that last Arkham game. This wraps up our meandering Toy Biz Resident Evil discussion. <laughs> <laughs> we will come back to Resident Evil when we talk about the Palisades Resident Evil toys, which are even better but incredibly hard to find. Um, we're going to have one last word from our sponsor this week, which is either going to be Zoe Seashell Bottles or a crazy blues guitarist named Dick. <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Who's your daddy, and what does he do? He buys Zoe Seashell Bottles, or I'll kill him. 
I'll kill him dead. Okay. And we're back for the tail end of <clears throat> this week's show. I am proud to announce that we have an actual winner this week instead of a tie for the Toy Hall of Fame. It was Soundwave was leading the pack for a long time, but we had some people that caught up with last week's episode today and voted. And in a big shocker, the Freddy Glove has won and beat Soundwave. I thought Transformers fans would trump everything, but... Hey, that Freddy Glove deserves it. Everybody had that Freddy Glove, and I think a lot of people had some nostalgia for it. Um Unfortunately, Warduke didn't get that many votes, but I think <laughs> I kind of figured <laughs> he, if he comes back, he's going to win because he deserves it in my mind. Are you guys ready for your nominations this week? Yes. Josh, why don't you start? Okay. Um, now, I, I'm going to say something. I'm going to go out there first. Unless you make me go specific, and then I have a specific in mind too. Mad balls. You gotta have a specific. Hornhead. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say it's gotta be Hornhead. He was the best. Of My course. favorite is Oculus Orbis. I do love me some Oculus Orbis. I think I love eyeballs. Um, I have pre-ordered those Mad Balls figures. Um, it's coming out two years now, I think. I haven't heard jack shit. So That's so ridiculous. I hope they come out. It's like premium DNA or something. I can't remember the name of the company. Um, I was a little worried because nothing has come out that they said they were making. And I was like, but I really want that Oculus Orbis figure. Because I had the head launcher figure when I was a kid. And yeah. I loved it. Um, so I hope it comes out. I love Mad Balls. That, but yeah, that, very, that very specifically, uh, Mad Balls Hornhead. Because, man, I, I did have the head launcher. I also had, uh, what was the skull one? That's the one I had. I forget his name. <laughs> I still, uh, I still Dust have Brain? my... Yes. That's the mummy. Dust Brain, yeah. No. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. It's Dust that Brain, was yeah. The mummy. But I still, to this day, have my my vintage uh, skull head launcher Mad Ball figure, and man, that thing's got some weight to it. Yeah, those were heavy, heavy rubber. Um, I'll go next, and I'll let Mike kind of close it out. My pick, because we were talking about GI Joes and zombies, is going to be the GI Joe. Echo Fighters, Taxo Zombie. Oh, oh, one of my favorites. That's such a great figure. I love the exposed face on that figure. A game changer because G.I. Joe was willing to make a zombie. And mm-hmm. um, not their best zombie. I think the 25th zombie was better. But Oh, yeah, by far. I didn't know that was coming. I remember seeing it in the store and just my jaw dropped. Like, what? It's the Toxo Zombie. I gotta have it. Um, also great that it was a zombie of a pre-existing Cobra character. It wasn't yeah. just a made-up. It was the Toxo Viper as a zombie uh, in you know gaudy pink and green because it's GI Joe. <laughs> but because it's the Eco Fighters. Yeah, 
I loved that toy. It was the only one where the blood splatter, toxic waste splatter effect made sense because yep. he's a zombie. And love that. And it could make you feel like it it was exposed to chemicals. Yeah. And you know, for a change I didn't have to make my own. They did it for me. Thanks, Hasbro. A a little side note on that figure. I I have to uh, really appreciate uh, what Hasbro did with that, where with the Toxo Viper figure on the file card, they had a they had a whole section on there talking about how they were called the leaky suit brigade because the uh, suits were basically not the best. And there was the, the figure, the characters or the, the humans were often exposed to the chemicals they were using in combat. So when they did do the Toxo Viper, it was like, Hey, yeah, they were exposed to all those chemicals. And then this is what happened. And it's like, that's such a cool setup. I never knew that. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I never read the file cards as a kid. Oh, see, I was a big file card nut when I was younger. <laughs> Mike? Also, I love what looked like the uh, the little maggots all over him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that he had one exposed foot. Like his pant leg was ripped off or something. Yep. Um, I have a... I, God, I remember a specific adventure I had with my Joes. Once I got Toxo Zombie, but I'll save that for another episode because we can always talk G.I. Joes and zombies until we're, you know, our heads explode. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mike, you get to close it out. Who's your pick for this week? Well, uh, since I got some Masters of the Universe Origins this week, I'm going to go classic Masters of the Universe. One of my all time favorite figures uh, in any toy line, Modulok. Oh, interchangeable modulock i absolutely adore that figure um i never got the classics version although i tried um but yeah i love the design i love the play feature he was consistently a monster for my joes to fight for he was a monster when i was playing with turtles he crossed every toy line that i played with and I think I still have several of my vintage pieces in one of my bins. Um, I know for a fact that I have the more demonic looking head and the uh, pincer hand, like the one pincer hand. I know I have those, <clears throat> but I- I'm not sure about the rest of the connector pieces. Oh, man. That's so I, a great have, pick. I have a I'm going to say 90 percent complete vintage one. Uh, I think it's missing maybe a set of arms. Mm hmm. Uh, but not not too long ago at a vintage toy show that I went to, which was like the first post-COVID toy show I went to. And, well, let's be fair, the only post-COVID toy show I've been to so far. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was wandering around. There was this. Uh, I went to this one, went to the first booth and I saw like a loose, complete modulock just in a baggie. And I finally tracked down the the guy running the booth, and I was like, how much for a uh, Modulock in the corner? And he was a total tick about it. He was like, what? Who? Uh, Modulock? Mas- Masters of the Universe? Red guy? Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. $60. Uh. It was like, yeah, okay, never mind. Went, like, one booth over. And uh, I had already planned on getting the Serpentine King Hiss from the guy the next booth over. 
and I noticed he had a good pile of vintage stuff, and I just kind of casually asked him, like, hey, man, you, you don't happen to have a Modulock, do you? Yeah. I got one in the truck. Why? I'm like, uh, how much you want for him? It's like, well, he's 100% complete, really nice condition. I uh, just picked up a full collection from a guy that had actually never played with them. They were just all bagged from when he was a kid. Um... Also has this box. It's not in great condition, but it's there. Uh, how's 60 bucks? Yep, sold. Yeah. Definitely worth complete, it. never played with, with a beater box, but still a box. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good buy. So, um, you know, re- regardless of my selection this week, I'm going to be voting for yours because I might. My love for Modulock runs deep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's hard to beat, Mike. I, I think I'm with Josh on this one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll throw him up there because I think people really like that voting aspect of the show. But mm-hmm. yeah, Modulock, come on. You got to pick Modulock. It's, Holy crap. It, I mean, as far as monster toys go, it's hard to beat uh, a monster that you could rearrange in any configuration you want. You know, that that was why I loved that toy so much, because, like, I could always make him into a different monster for a different game. You know, what was the tagline? Beast of a billion bodies. Something yes. like that. Yeah. And if you had Multibot and Modulock, you could make the Mega Beast. Oh, uh, I, I never had vintage Multibot. I uh, I had a- anytime I ever saw that name, I always thought of Drop Dead Fred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Look, yeah, Multibot was like it's the Mega Beast. <laughs> My favorite part of that movie is when he looks up her dress and he goes, Cobwebs. <laughs> Such a good movie. Yeah, Multibot does not hold a torch to Modulock, and I think they're just trying to recapture lightning in a bottle twice because he's just a bizarre garbage robot that doesn't look cool. Yeah, and they have like one of the robot heads has a big handlebar mustache, and yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Well, that's the picture this week, and we have voted who we think is going to win, but you never know. Hornhead might pull it out, or Toxo Zombie, you never know. But okay, Mike, you've mentioned that the Devil's Rejects episode is coming very, very, very soon. It'll be out already when this episode drops at the end of this week um and what is after that uh we're going to be going back to back mosley with uh texas chainsaw massacre 2 ah beautiful classic film back to back bill (laughs) yeah i mean you know it's it's one of the best entries into the chainsaw franchise like I love the fact that Toby Hooper decided, you know what? Uh, people didn't really get my sense of humor because he thought the first one was funny. Uh, so he decided to go full on parody mode with part two. And it was still horrifying. So I I, I, I would have loved to pick that guy's brain. <laughs> Just kind of know what exactly he found funny about the first movie. Franklin. I, I mean, other than Franklin. Because, <laughs> yeah. But but even Franklin, like, it's pretty messed up. <laughs> like, it's yeah. still a twisted sense of humor. 
I think um, if nobody's looking, I can laugh at everything. You know, he wants you to laugh at. But if I'm around anybody else, I'm very self-conscious that I'm being a complete monster, and I won't <laughs> laugh at it. So, <laughs> see, I I have to say, and I know, I know we're running long, so I'll make it quick. But I gotta say, Texas Chainsaw Massacre still to this day, the original, terrifies me. It's one of the few movies that scares the crap out of me, and I, I think it's because it, it it lived in infamy in my head for so long because it was one of two movies that my parents just absolutely forbid me from watching when I was younger. Um, the other one was I Madman, which uh, is a really messed up movie, but um, they wouldn't let me watch it. So when I was 17 years old and, you know, I was renting stuff for myself for most of my teen years, I forgot about Texas Chainsaw and I was just kind of browsing the horror movies and I'm like, oh my God, Texas Chainsaw, I, I can rent this now. So I rented it and watched it and was just horrified. <laughs> <laughs> But then went down the rabbit hole of all the sequels. <laughs> like, well, at least the two sequels that were out at the time. Um, but yeah, like Texas Chainsaw 2 is definitely one of my favorite uh, entries into the franchise. And actually one of my favorite sequels of all time. So looking yes, forward to that one. I agree. It's And hey, movie. without it, we might not have the Dream Beavers Ninja Turtles episodes. Absolutely. Oh, God. No. Yeah. One of the best ones. Actually, they're all amazing episodes, but with Bill mostly showing up there, it's it's pretty special. Yeah, the Saw's family. <laughs> I hey, I'm a big fan of Part Three too. But oh god, that's yeah. that's another story. Josh, what's going on at Pickman's Labs? So right now, as we speak, uh, and I'm sure by the time this is actually uh, up and available. The three and three fourth inch Henrietta figure is available for pre-order. That um, should be that'll be running for a couple of weeks, and then once she runs runs her course and her pre-orders are filled, the last figure of Wave Four goes up, which is the Crypt Keeper, uh, who I'm going to be finishing up in the next week or so here. Uh, so that's for the three and three fourth inch figures. Um, there is some progress being made finally. On the Monster Squad figures, uh, I had hit a little bit of a creative snag where I I just didn't quite feel right with just making them normal three and three-fourth inch figures. Uh, so even with the action features, I felt like it was still a little like it was missing something. Uh, and I think I finally hit on that, which is uh, they all need sort of uh, over-the-top playmates pre-posed regardless of what scale they're in uh the characters just lend themselves so well to that that you don't want them in the more static positions i totally agree with that just please don't do the one foot to the back that's got an arched heel (laughs) Uh, because they never stand the only one i'm doing with doing that with is wolfman and i am taking extra care to make sure that he is balanced enough and that foot is wide enough on the front of it to stand you know it's good that you've mentioned monster squad because news has come out that andre gower uh also known as sean has had a massive heart attack if you guys uh, have heard have about a this gofundme running yes so he has a pretty sizable medical bill from he had a pacemaker, some bypasses. Uh, apparently, he was ten minutes from death 
according to the story. But he had uh, two blocked arteries, if I read the story correctly, one from a blood clot and some arrhythmia. Uh, it could have been very bad. And he's at that age. He's in his late 40s where if you're going to have a heart problem, it's going to kill you. So he got lucky. And if you're a fan of the Monster Squad, uh, go help him out. But, you know, words kind of making the rounds now that um, he's seen better days. I guess for now he's okay, but uh, financially he's not. Yeah. Um, so if you guys are a fan, just type in Andre Gower into Google, and it's going to be the first thing you see. But with that, we are going to wrap things up. This is Mike O'May saying ta-ta for now. I am making a conscious effort not to copy Mike Alvarez's sign out from <laughs> Boogeyman's Closet. Josh? Well, in such case, I'm going to say, see ya! Ah, <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. Have a good one, folks. <laughs> see ya. It's not a tumor. It's a seashell bottle. Buy it, or I'll jump up with your guts.